Are you ready? Ready to cut through the BS and hear some ways to drive your business forward today? Yeah. Welcome, Welcome to Biz Sprints Podcast with your host, Y'all know the name. Michael McMillan. Check it out. Everybody, welcome back to another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan, and thank you so much for coming back for another week of tips and tricks to help drive your business forward. This week, I figured what we would talk about is one of the things that I get so unnerved by when I actually start talking to some of the marketing teams that I work with. Um, And what it specifically is about is the way we speak on each individual channel in which we are on. So now when I'm talking about channels, let me be very specific here. I'm talking about uh, the different medians. So this is social, uh, be it Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, etc., email, uh, telephone, etc. Just how do we communicate our brand on each of these individual channels? Now, the reason I get so frustrated with this topic uh, with companies is because so many times I walk into an organization and I start asking them about this and I said, okay guys, so tell me, you know, when we're talking about your brand, tell me about what is the, you know, how do we communicate over our channels? And undoubtedly what I will immediately get from them is, oh, well, Mike, we have a very, very strategic multi-channel uh, approach to this to where, you know, we really pride ourselves on our ability to create, you know, one document and or one audio or one video and then make sure it's, you know, formatted correctly to where we can then release it off over all of our different channels. And, and I'll tell you, I, I hear this and I just, I, I, I really just like put my hands typically in my face like they are right now and just, I, I want to crumble because I'm like, why, 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 why do all of you insist on doing this to me? You know, because it, it just, it's an argument that I've been having with these organizations for so long now. And I would have just hoped at some point someone to understand and listen to me. So why, why is it this, why is it so hard for me? It's because when we're talking about the channels in which we communicate on, each individual channel has a specific purpose, a specific community, and a specific population that requires a specific type and format of communication that it demands. And this episode, I wanted to go through these and hopefully help you relook at what is your strategy on each of these channels and how are you going to be able to get your marketing team to understand that, yes, is it more expensive to be able to produce assets for each of these channels? A hundred percent. Is it more effective though? A thousand percent. And guess what? At the end of the day, the ability to not just convert a lead, but convert a real lead, a good lead, a solid lead that's going to drive our business forward is worth its time and patience and effort to be more strategic and be able to give each channel the credit it's due. So starting out with that, I'm going to really kind of hyper-focus on this episode specific to social because I know social is the hot topic, right? Uh, If you want to get into email and in a phone and uh, in person, I'm happy to do so on probably another episode and I'll I'll mark it down. But for this episode, let's talk about social because this is the one that really is the one that is kind of the one I talk about mostly with my clients. So 
The original thought process behind the whole idea of multi-channel content was, well, hey, let's produce one single asset and then we can produce, uh, you know, release it on all of our channels that we're on and it just, you know, we get the highest ROI from it. And as a concept, it sounds great, but in action, it's horrible because just some high-level statistics and I'm going to put all these statistics right on my website. Um, they're coming from Sprout Social, just so you know. So uh, if you want to get to the, you know, read some more about these stats, feel free to do so. But here's some quick high-level stats for you guys. Facebook. Facebook right now is 55% female and 45% male. Twitter. Twitter is majority male by about 3%, but it's growing exponentially towards the male population. Instagram, over 53% all of its users are between 18 and 29-year-old, and a majority of its users are female, and most of them making up about $30,000 per year. LinkedIn, which is a, one of the oddballs, LinkedIn is actually majority of its users are 30 to 49 years old, and then with 50 to 64, like literally one percentage point behind it, and a majority of its users are male. Pinterest, grossly skewed to female. I mean, like, crazy percentages of female and majority are 18 to 29 and or 30 to 49. I mean, they're so close to call. You really can't say majority there. Google plus 74% of users are men uh, and 55% of its traffic coming from the U S Snapchat 75, uh, 70% female under the age of 25. So why do I share this with you? If you didn't hear it, every one of these channels is different. Facebook, mostly female, right? Uh, same with Pinterest. Pinterest, I mean, Pinterest is basically all women. And then there's a couple of us guys like me who just like kind of go in there to figure out what the hell's going on in there. And we have no idea. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of how that world works. And, and it's also age demographics all over the place. You know, with LinkedIn, you know, if you're a B2B company, you're probably got a big LinkedIn strategy. If you hadn't heard my podcast episode about that, you go feel free to do so. And I talk about my even LinkedIn strategy. But, you know, you're talking to a majority of male population between, you know, 30 to 64, basically. Much more mature population. So if you produce a video... And it has, you know, kind of you're using some more street slang and or you're using just kind of, you know, more, you know, hipster tech, you know, terminology and or very industry terminology. It might not speak well to a LinkedIn population. But then on the flip side of it, if you also then produce, let's say, another video that's, you know, really buttoned up and very corporate sounding and feeling it's going to be just lost on your population potentially in Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And this is why I push all the organizations I work with so closely is when you're talking about your digital media strategy, you must look at each of these channels individually and really line a sight out what is going to be your strategy for each channel that you want to be on. Now, that last comment I made there is the critical comment is what channels are you going to actually want to be on? Just because you own a business does not mean you have to be on every channel. To be on a specific social media channel, what it takes is being on the channel, right? I I have so many clients that I walk into and when we're taking over their digital media, you know, the first thing I start asking, I'm like, oh, okay, hey guys, so which channels are you guys on? And they're like, oh, all of them. And I'm like, what do you mean you're on all of them? How, how are you possibly on all of them? You have a team of two. 
And you're like, oh, no, no, we have Twitter, we have Facebook, we have Pinterest, we have Snapchat, we have Google, we have blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, great. Okay, how much content are you pushing to that? You're like, oh, we're pushing out three posts a day on every single one of them. And that's when I always, that's when I know, I'm like, oh, oh, I know you're doing what I know you're going to tell me and I'm not going to want to hear it, but I'm going to hear it anyway. And I ask the next question, right? I'm like, how are you doing it? And then they tell me. Oh, we have this automated engine that actually goes out and sniffs the web for potential relevant content and puts it into a drip campaign that drips it out three times a day. And that's when I just bury my hands in my head and say, just go delete it. Delete it right now. Don't even repeat what you just told me. Go delete that thing. (laughs) And why? Right? So then that's what I hear from most companies. It's like, wait, why would I do that, Mike? It, you know, statistics say three to five posts a day on every relevant content will drive stats. And yes, that's correct, but it's three to five posts a day that are relevant to your business that are coming from your business. And three to five posts that you've just had some automated engine go out and find and now give to your community is not actually supporting your community. And that that word I'm using there, right? I, I want you to really take note of that, is that these social sites are communities, and that's what they're meant to be. You know, when social media was thought up of, this isn't, you know, thought of as a place to go and transact business. Yes, we do. You know, and yes, business does occur from it. But in reality, you know, Facebook, for instance, when Zuckerberg came up with Facebook, and he talks about this all the time, he knew he was he was actually just trying to build a college, you know, a place for college kids to go out and find out who's dating who and who's sleeping with who, basically. That's it. That was the whole purpose. I mean, it was that simple, right? And you know, and you go through all of these things. Instagram. It was just a place to kind of share your pictures with your friends and just be able to, you know, have them check it out. LinkedIn was basically just a place to go and actually put your resume up there and have you know, hopefully, recruiters and try to find and you know talk about business. It was a, it was a Facebook for business. It was kind of the idea. And you keep going through these, right? At no point, though, if you hear me saying is, is, was it saying that, hey, I'm going to go put my stuff up here so I can get sold to? No, that's not what they want. No one wants that, especially me, right? I, If I see a business out there who's just constantly selling me or talking about, you know, just some something that has to do with them, I just, I usually stop following them or I just don't listen to them. I hide them in my feed. What you have to do is, is in each of these specific channels is you need to embrace the fact that you have you are trying to build a community so pick the ones that are most relevant to you so if you're working with let's say mostly male let's say if that's the majority of your demographic that you end up finding your buyers are in then you should trend towards those channels that are mostly male and if it's with an older demographic and if you're b2b then go linkedin right and then maybe secondary try twitter out uh, you know, and you don't have to go on Facebook. That's of a thing I, I try talking to companies so much about is like, you don't have to be on Facebook if you don't want to be. Yes. Will people talk about you there? Yes. Should you monitor it? Most definitely. It's probably a smart thing to do, but you don't have to be there. You don't have to really, you know, invest all this money on Facebook if you don't want to. The important thing is to be on the channels that you want to be on and that you're going to stay active on. That's the real critical thing here, guys. So what does it mean now, right, to build out a strategy? 
When I'm talking about building a strategy, what I do with companies is this. Our, I shouldn't say me, actually, it's our digital marketing team, really. They sit down with your organization, and what we do is we take each channel by channel, and then we break it down based upon, A, first we, we talk about your culture. What is your brand? What's the image that you're trying to portray? Are you trying to be that kind of more edgy type of brand? Or are you trying to be more of a conservative, you know, more buttoned up type of brand? Once we understand your overall messaging and kind of how your organization views itself, then we start talking about what does the community look like on these channels? So let's just pick one of these. So for instance, let's talk about Facebook, right? So let's say we are a B2C company. So we're selling to consumers direct. We sell a product and our product is a nutraceutical product, right? And our company's brand is very much so, let's say we're a California West Coast based organization and we're really into that whole kind of beach uh, surfer type of environment. Okay, cool. So I, I got it, right? Now, we know if the company is selling, uh, I'm just off the cuffing here, right? So let's say the company sells t-shirts and apparel uh, based upon a brand that it's created and that the majority of its uh, you know, purchasers are usually uh, female between the ages of 18 to 29. Perfect. Okay. So that's, and that's just, you know, the majority of people on Facebook. I mean, that's 55% of their population being female and still the mass majority of users being in that 18 to 29 year old demographic. So what would we talk about to foster that community? Well, first and foremost, we need to first talk about how are we going to talk? And this is something companies don't ever think about. They're like, well, what do you mean? We just, we type and it goes into a post. Yeah. Okay. That's part of it. But what is the grammar we're going to use, right? Are, you know, if we're, uh, you know, if we're into the whole beach surfer theme, do we want to go there? You know, do we want to be like, hey, brah? You know, like, you know, how is it hanging? You know, do, are we allowed to be edgy? Can we swear or, you know, yes or no? I mean, it's, these are the type of things that you need to make a decision on and it needs to be documented. You know, you need to be able to tell your social team who's managing your Facebook community, your, your community manager, how are they allowed to speak on your behalf of your brand? And so many companies forget this piece of it. And this is a critical element you know, I mean, what are the words they're allowed to use? What are the words are they not allowed to use? Which is typically the more important one. Um, how should they sound? Can they, you know, can they use emoji? Can they, you know, can they, what kind of imaging can they use? Um, just overall, how do you want it to be? Is it going to be more personal or does it have to be business? How does it want to go across? Once you have that figured out, which mind you is a beast to figure out with, especially with the organizations I've worked with. Um, once that's figured out though, the next thing is, is what are the goals that we want to have for this channel? So for Facebook, for instance, like I said, we're building a community, right? And if we have this kind of beach mentality, surfer mentality for the brand, you know, the example brand I'm talking about here, then what we want to do then is, is talk about, well, what do we want to give our community, right? What are we trying to do? Are we trying to just, you know, because again, the the goal cannot be to sell product. Because if your goal is to sell product, you're on the wrong place. This is that's not what social media is about. Your goal needs to be something much bigger and something that's going to invoke your community to want to engage with you. So this could be, you know, maybe, hey, we want to talk about, you know, some of the best surfing stories we've ever had. Well, you know, 
in our times as employees and try to engage our community around talking about our surfer stories and or times we've had on the beach, you know, maybe and talk about, you know, oh yeah, the campfires we had on the beach or the grill, you know, the times just having a party out there and et cetera. And just all of our beach, you know, the things we've times we've had on the beach and trying to engage our community around that. Once we have that and right, and that should be, you know, it could be kind of vague. It doesn't have to be so specific. What you're trying to do though, is just trying to get a theme for what you're going to try to focus in on. Now it's time for content. Now, the critical mistake that many businesses make when, it, when we start talking about content is, again, getting back to first, right, the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest uh, non-starter that most companies do is, is they try to do content for all channels, which we already talked about. But number two is, is they believe that curating content is just enough. And what I mean by curating is, right, is this someone going out there, finding content that's relevant to their industry and or topic that they've come up with, and then just simply posting it on Facebook. The intention is great. And sometimes it's needed, right? I'm not saying never to do that, but I'm saying to do it very sparingly. Because once you post a link, and if it's posted to a link to something has not, you know, that's not on your website, all you've done is lead management for another company, basically. And what good is that done for your business? Now, with that being said, there again, this is a community. So if it's for the betterment of the community, by all means, feel free to do it. But what I would tell you is, is that in especially with Facebook, if you can attempt to bring the content back into Facebook, try to keep people in the community, right? So rather than trying to pop them out all the time, it's better to try to keep them in your page or group. And Getting into page and group stuff, we'll, we could talk about on a whole nother topic here on another podcast. That's a whole big can of worms. We're not going to un- unravel on this podcast, but back on topic here, right? Which is, so, you know, if you want to talk to them about sharing a story, right? Write the story right there on Facebook or even better yet, which we see statistically is much more engaging, especially on Facebook is shoot a quick video. Now, this doesn't have to be a Hollywood production. And this is something that so many companies just overcomplicate for themselves. It's just get your phone out and shoot something. It doesn't have to be amazing. Just take the time, shoot it, give it some editing. Now, I will tell you that you do need to edit this. And if you don't know how to get a company, you know, call us, call us up and, you know, call any of your, uh, any digital marketing company and get an editor to run through that once to clean it up and then put it out there. And it doesn't have to, again, it should be short. Now that's the other big piece. When we're talking about video, for some weird reason, I don't know where this got started, but people are like, oh yeah, videos could be two and a half to five minutes. No, please, God, no. Videos should be between 30 to 90 seconds max. Why? Because what people don't realize now is that well over 90% of all traffic, especially on Facebook specifically, is on mobile. No one's on a computer anymore going on Facebook. No, God, who uses that, right? Everyone uses the app. And when you're there, the last thing you want to be doing on your phone is watching a five-minute video. No one's going to do it. They'll watch 30 seconds. They might watch a minute, 90 seconds, you're pushing it, right? But that's all the attention you get from them. So keep your videos short. 
And this is why though, right? I mean, these are some of these things, as you can already hear, right? That video, for instance, you know, if you put a video on you on YouTube, you might get a little bit more time. That's where you kind of get to that two and a half, five minute span. But on Facebook, no, 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 no. You got 30 to 90 seconds and that's it. So, I mean, that's just a great example of why it's so critical to be producing video, or, you know, producing content specific for our channels. In addition to that too, like I shared with you, 55% of your audience here is female. 45% is still male though. I mean, that's as close as you're going to get to almost 50-50. So you need to be making sure that you're talking to both audiences. And I mean, yes, most of the majority of this is still a younger user base, still 18 to 29. A lot of them college kids still, because especially with that's where Facebook came out of. And with now too, it's tiebacks to Instagram because it owns it. You know, you're still kind of going to have to deal with that too. So just things for you to think through, right? Now, as far as how much, this is the big question I get, you know, and it, it kind of stems back to that uh, comment I made a little bit earlier in this episode of, you know, where companies start telling me, oh, we make our three to five posts a day. What I will tell you is three to five posts a day is should be minimum. If you're truly fostering a good community, they expect you to interact with them. Now, that doesn't mean making posts and especially posts about your business, which no one wants to see. It means interacting, right? So if someone makes a comment, comment back, like it, you know, send an emoji, whatever. Just make sure you're on it. And with that being said, when I say on it, I mean on it. Like if someone comments on your site, you better be commenting back in the in a couple minutes. If it's taking you hours to respond back, you're not actually managing your community. And you're going to actually just, all it's going to happen is, is your community is not going to continue to engage with you. So, and that's going to be our last piece is kind of talking through that, right? So is, is how do we actually properly manage and monitor our communities? And what I will tell you is, is this, proper management is an investment. It's, it's not a small investment either. Um, to do community management, you can definitely hire it in. Uh, it's, I've, I've done it. Uh, it works out really well, especially if you have a strong uh, manager who can actually manage that team well. Uh, but community management is, is, you know, it's a really, it's a fine art. It's once the person knows how to manage it, it's really being able to manage that community, foster it, build it, grow it, and really take good care of it. I mean, it's like being a parent for a lot of potential customers, right? I mean, because you're a good community can be in the thousands, if not tens of or hundreds of thousands of people on this community. And this person works as like the moderator to ensure, you know, is two-way dialogue continuing to happen? Are we continuing to engage with all the people on the community? Are we monitoring for stuff that we is non-compliant to be on there? Are we making sure that you know we're monitoring off-channel? And what I mean by that is, is you know, if we're just monitoring our page and we're monitoring only maybe our groups, then we're not monitoring all of the channel. We need to make sure we're doing key re- uh, keyword relative searching, using our tools, our sniffers to find out are people actually talking about our business but not tagging us, right? And engaging with those comments as well. Uh, it's big on Twitter, uh, just in case you're curious. You know, I, I'll tell you, if you're a business right now, if you're only monitoring your, you know, let's say, you know, with our company, we have at biz sprints. You know, if I only monitored that, I would miss probably 80 to 90% of all the people who are actually looking to engage with me. And that's why you need to make sure you're always setting your alerts on your business name, so Biz Sprints for me, uh, and or at Biz Sprints, 
hashtag biz sprints, and then also make sure you're monitoring the misspellings of your names too. You know, I mean, with our company as being B-I-Z-S-P-R-I-N-T-S, guess what happens? Everyone forgets the S, and that's still trying to engage with us. So you have to monitor all of these things, and that's good community management. Then the final piece, too, with that same thing is, is reportability, right? We're all businesses at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, a good community manager needs to know that they need to be you know they have to be able to report what is the ROI that we're generating from all of this. Now, this and the reason I let this be at the end here is because truly the reporting of ROI on social is one of the most convoluted and hardest things to actually quantify in a business. So many times I have had to sit down in front of boards and talk to them about the level of investment that they're making on these social channels and get hammered about, I cannot directly correlate any of this traffic or any of this spend to any of our sales. Why should we continue to spend money on this? That's typically almost verbatim the question I get asked. And what I explain to them is, is that, again, they're not looking at social for what it is. Social is not a lead generation tool. Yes, it can generate leads. Don't get me wrong, that can happen. And yes, it should potentially generate some leads. But what it's really meant to do is is it's meant to continue and drive awareness of our organization and brand to help foster the movement of deals through your pipeline. The movement of deals through our pipeline. That's why it's critical when we're talking about reporting is that we're constantly looking at, can we find anyone who is in our pipeline that is engaged in any of our content? And that's what I try to do, personally. I mean, that's my that's my trick, I guess you could say, is that what our teams are always doing is, is we're monitoring those in their interactions, and if we can see someone in your pipeline who's engaged with that content, we draw that correlation there. And then what we simply do is, is we look at where in their pipeline are they, so you know, at what stage are they at, and then we just correlate it. So we say, hey, you know, this person's under a needs analysis and they were just on our Facebook page, on our Twitter page. They liked these two documents and we feed all of that information to the sales team. And then that now empowers the sales team to re-engage with that potential lead. Maybe they had gone cold for a few weeks and now they can say, "Is like, hey, I saw, you know, you were on our Twitter and you reposted one of our posts. Is there anything specific you liked about that post that I can answer for you? That's an amazing comment. But it also drives, it draws that ROI back to your social. And now is when you can start building up that, of course, that argument to, let's say, your board, like I've had to deal with, to where I explain to them, like, guys, yeah, look, right here, this last contract you had brought in, it engaged with 17 different uh, portions of our social, uh, of our social media. I have, you know, 10 on LinkedIn, three on Facebook, and four on Twitter. All of that ties back to the spend, and that more than pays for everything inside of your social media spend annually. So, and it's but it's again, you need to learn how to be able to speak to that, and that's where a great community manager comes in. Um, if you don't want to hire one, I will tell you there are some great outsourcing teams who do outsourcing community management, uh, including our team. Uh, we have community managers on staff who do this for organizations. And it's, again, it's just, even when you have it outsourced, though, it's still, it's a lot of work. It's something you need to engage with regularly. And that person, 
you know, is really almost like a member of your team no matter what. But it's, again, getting to know your organization, getting to know your brand and culture. And then, again, even most and the most important piece of this is knowing the goals, the real goals that you have set for social and making sure that you set them appropriately. Because, again, like I just shared, if you are actually putting a revenue number to your goals for Facebook, you're setting the you're setting very very dangerous goals that you are going to have a very hard time ever quantifying inside of your business. So that's where I'm going to leave you guys. So you know, with this week, what I would tell you to do is this: look at each of your social source uh, social channels that you're on right now, and f- ask the simple question to your digital marketing team: Are we just on these channels? As far as do we just have a account? Or are we actually using them? If you don't have an account, or I'm sorry, if you have an account but you're not using them, turn it off. Like seriously. Or start using it. Second, go through the content that is on each of these sources. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Google, Snapchat, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. But go through these ones. Order them by order priority based upon the demographics of your business and really see and ask yourself the question is, are we really paying attention to the ones that are most important to who our customers are? Then look at the content. Does the content speak to that type of person? So if you're on, for instance, Pinterest and you go and look at your Pinterest boards that your company is doing and your promoted uh, pins and such like that, and all of a sudden you're looking at it and you're like, wait a second. This has got a half-naked woman on here trying to sell a beer. Why are we on Pinterest? <laughs> right? It's all female. I mean, I'm, seriously, look at all the numbers. It is insane how many, it's all women on there. If you have a half-naked woman selling a beer, you're on the wrong channel with the wrong content, right? You're probably now upsetting all of your Pinterest users. Stop that <laughs> right away. And that's something you can stop this week. Get that stuff scraped off of there, clean it up, and get it to where it's supposed to be. The final piece here is this, is look at how are you actually managing your communities. If you're just doing this through a part-time person, so maybe it's your admin, or if this is just through someone who's doing it on the side, um, I would tell you to be very, very cautious of what you've just chosen to do. Um, Again, like I just said, proper community management is a true skill that takes a lot of training and a lot of experience on how to handle it appropriately because that's how you're going to drive those really true results and have someone who's going to be able to give you those answers when you have them as far as you know when you are having to stand in front of your board and war, you know and basically go after the whole this is the budget we need to be able to support it you're going to have to be able to back that up and that's where a good community manager comes in play um, and like I said, you can either look at that, either hiring it in. Um, they're not cheap. Um, <laughs> I wish they were cheaper than they were, but they are not cheap. Um, but there is outsourcing solutions definitely available to them. Um, you can look at that. You can look at hiring it in, like I said. Um, there's another trick that I used to use at another organization. Um, we were a small business that I owned, and it was we couldn't really afford our own community manager. So me and another organization, it was a good friend of mine, uh, we actually split one. And we brought them in and they managed both of our organizations. Worked out really well for us for a short period of time um, until our community just got a little, we just had too much volume going on. Uh, We ended up hiring a third party then to finally do it for us full time. So just options for you. Um, 
Final piece here and last uh, tip I'm going to give to you guys for this week is going to be is start to try out some content that you write specific to these field, uh, to these different channels. Uh, before you do any of the rest of this stuff, just try it. And I can guarantee you, though it might take you a couple goes at it, you are going to quickly see your community jump all over that content. Just try it out. It's simple, right? On Facebook, just know you're 50, about 50-50, right? And you know it's scored to the uh, younger side, but you know Facebook, right? They are there to really, it's mostly usually to engage with friends and family. So in, write, you know, build some content that goes with that. It could be a little more fun. It could be a little bit more interesting and engage it around the family environment. If you're on Instagram, you know, it's all photos, of course, right? But again, it's usually about going out and social interaction and about being out with your friends and such. Try a photo that's like that. You know, if you're on LinkedIn, people are trying to drive their businesses forward there. It is very still business focused. And a lot of people are trying to find new jobs. Maybe try posting something about how to get hired at your organization and watch what happens with that. You know, Snapchat. Snapchat is a different kind of animal. Uh, depending on your business, I'm not going to really give you tactics there because it's really specific to the type of business industry you're in. Um, but Twitter also, mostly male, right? That's a key thing to know. And it's 140 characters. Now, they have injected some with the multimedia, with, you know, with imaging and video and such. Go ahead and play around with that, but I'll tell you, it's all about those 140 characters. And if you can use something that's going to gain, so grab someone's attention, um, and I will tell you, questions are a great thing there, you know, and be like, hey, what do you think about this and stuff? You'll see the attention, but make sure it's specific. So try that out this week, guys, and really give it a go. I think what you're going to find is, is you're going to really be able to see a quick change in your uh, social. Now, mind you, if you've been on these channels for a while and really degraded the uh, community, it's going to take you about that much time to earn their trust and uh, respect back. But you need to start it quickly, and it's never too late to start getting them turned around again. So, guys, thank you again for this uh, coming back to, for another week of Biz Sprints. I look forward to speaking with you each week. So, till the next time, to your success and prosperity. My name is Michael McMillan. I look forward to chat with you again soon. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to Biz Sprints podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it.